Welcome to Balls and Brew, a podcast about beer and sports with your hosts, Johnny and Kevin. The mics are on. The glasses are full. This is Balls and Brew. In this segment of Balls and Brew, we hit the beach. We went on down to St. Pete Beach and caught up with our buddy Matt Dom uh, from Mastery's Brewing Company. And this time, we actually got to meet the head brewer as well, Michael McKelvey uh, from Mastery's Brewing Company. Uh, in this segment, we caught up with Matt. Uh, it's been about a year and a half since we spoke with Matt, uh, just about his his brewery, the growth of his brewery, the growth in their bottling program, uh, the, how their integration with the community, his civic work. Um, and how much, how much uh, civic work and stuff like going to the chamber meetings uh, really does matter in the growth and the um, and this the sustainability of his company. Um, we just learned a lot about about what's going on in terms of the brewing industry and how and his little piece of it down in St. Pete Beach. Uh, we all, we also got to learn about Michael and his um, and his brewing journey and the the importance and the value of coming out of the USF um, St. Pete Brewing Arts Program, which uh, we know a lot of people who come out of that program, including uh, including Jay Jones over at Eight One Bay. Um, so it was a great it was a great segment, a uh, great conversation. Learned a ton. Michael is exceedingly smart. Um, just, it, it just if you if you want an education about beer, learn about the stuff you drink, learn about the stuff that you may be making, learn how to make it better. Sit back, relax, and and just enjoy. Cheers. The mics are on. The glasses are full. It's time for Balls and Brew. Hey, Kevin, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot. Just sitting here excited, anticipating. Anticipation. Anticipation. I can barely contain myself. Can't you tell? I can yes. tell. I can feel it. Yeah. I'm looking under the table. a little bit. I sorry. That was, that was too much. I, sorry. I'm gonna, no. Yeah, yeah. So I got to calm it down. Calm it down. It's not a rated audience. Well, you know, we, you know, the reason why we're excited today because we are here at Mastery's Brewing Company. Uh, if you remember, we were here about a year and a half ago. So all, um, all 10 of you guys that were you know, listening to us back then, you know, we've grown quite a bit since then. But, you know, nah, nah, it's, it's, it, was, it was 20. So, yeah, so uh, no, we were, were his followers. Yeah, and, and, and Tim might have been like, like your family. So uh, thank you. I really appreciate that. My, my mom and one of our brewer's moms pretty much does chime into everything. So there's a, there's a possibility. Hi, Mom. Hey, Mom. Hey, what's up? <laughs> so we are here back at Masters Brewing Company, and we are here not only with, with the, uh, the CEO, Matt Dom, we are also here with Michael McKelvey, who's the head brewer. How are you doing, Michael? Good, fantastic. Awesome, awesome. So very excited to be here. This was a this was a great trip. This was like it was like yeah, it was like a good day. It was like a Friday the last mm-hmm. time we were here. You know, it's a really good beer. Yeah, we had to drink some really good beer. Start the week on off right, and so now we're here again. So we can uh, learn more about what's been going on since in that year and a half that we've that since we've last been here. Um, we get to talk to Michael because we did not have the benefit of talking to you uh, prior. And so, um, yeah, and just enjoy some good beer. Yeah, so that's, that's what's going on. So, 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 Matt, I'll start with you. Just uh, I, what – okay, so this was a year and a half ago. I think the last time we are here, you has been in this location maybe a year, I think. Because I know you were at uh, CD Romas before and a year. So, I, what, okay, what about – what's changed? What's different? What, what do you know now that you didn't know a year and a half ago about, about this business, about this hustle? Wow, isn't that a loaded question? What do I know today that I didn't know a year and a half ago? Everything. Everything. Um, everything. Okay. That I, um, now, you know what? It's like any progression. You know, you really do. You go in with a business plan, an idea, these concepts, you know, there are some directions that you think you want to go in. 
And the best thing that does is help you build a really good foundation and a good starting point. And then you throw that out the window and then you zigzag left, a little right, and you just, ideas overall, you keep moving forward. But as dynamic as this industry is, where you think you're going to go versus where you actually go from what you're learning from your experiences working with other people in the industry, what your customer base is, is asking of you, um, it just, it's so changing. I mean, I, you know, one year we had a, a hurricane come through and close mm -hmm. us down for a week. Yeah. This last year we had red tide come through. So again, we just, it's, it's staying dynamic and energetic and keeping a good positive attitude and constantly focusing on what can you do better? How do you perfect what you're doing? And not just with the beer, but customer service, how we deliver our product, how we communicate about our product, how, how we communicate about us, mm -hmm. how we talk about what we have going on. Um, how do you keep quality? How do you cut costs? It's like, yeah. it's like a never ending it's, it's job. A, it's yeah. a never ending questions. thing. Yeah, it keeps going. All the things. I mean, it's literally all the things. So in the last year, we've we've added a lot, you know. Um, and I'm just going to go to the last year because I'm, I'm pretty sure it'll cover everything in that other six months. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, since then, we were not actually in distribution, I believe, last time we talked with you guys. So I don't think so, yeah. We, I don't think you we are. We are yeah. distributing now. We distributed all of 2018, and we just broke into it in the very end of 2017. It was a good year. As far as we're concerned, uh, looking back at our numbers, we definitely hit our numbers of where we anticipated that we wanted to be at. We got to meet a lot of cool people, get a lot of great feedback on the type of products that we were putting out and what they liked. And, yeah, so, I mean, that alone has completely changed up the game here for us from going to producing beers just for our own tasting room to putting some beer out there in the market and having a lot more people find out about us. I mean, as far as brand exposure, it's been it's been great. We've met a lot of great partners out there as vendors in the industry that have really given us a lot of um, education to the things, one, supporting the things that we're doing right, or two, help showing us a little bit of things of a, of a different approach. You know, so um, we are with Cavalier Distributing, being, been good partners they've had a lot of growth themselves recently they bought um microman so that's yeah. a two houses joining into one now expanding their footprint so on the distribution side yeah i mean things things are rocking we're now into our second year of doing it definitely have a lot of lessons learned that we're moving forward with and yeah we're, we're pretty excited about what we're gonna do with our distribution in 2019 where can someone locally here get access to your beer we're here. Well, well I mean, obviously it's, it's here. Yeah, yes. It's not, it's um, not from the, yeah, but, so from the tap. Out here on St. Pete Beach alone, so uh, Rumfish Grill, mm -hmm. okay. we're on tap there. Uh, I, I'm actually pretty sure we're the only non, you know, Great Bay JJ Taylor tap mm -hmm. handle in the whole building. Yeah. Um, now that I put that on the air, I'm sure they can be gun for it. <laughs> but, uh, no, you know, so we're on tap here at uh, Taps on Cory Avenue. Okay. There's uh, yeah, PG's yeah. Oyster Bar. They're just around the corner. And, of course, we still got five taps going on pretty much around the clock at CD Roma's. So they're, nice. they're, they're still continually, you know, keeping us on on the regular, and we got a great support and following from that. The Wheelhouse on Central Avenue, that's another great tap house here on the west side of St. Pete. Um, in my opinion, it's probably one of the best tap houses here on, on St. Pete. Always very diverse, huge assortment. Um, their food in their kitchen is freaking fantastic. The West House? Uh, wheelhouse. 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 We'll check out the, the Wheelhouse. wheelhouse. That Definitely. sounds like it's in my wheelhouse. Yep. Yeah. Um, I highly recommend their wings. They do these whiskey um, dry rub wings. Mm. They're 
fantastic. That uh, sound really good. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But then you can go downtown. We're we're at a handful of accounts downtown. Oak and Stone, of course, mm-hmm. the Mastery's okay. Bar, yeah. Four Tap House. Um, so I mean, you, yeah. So there's some places you can you can be found. You, you, <laughs> can, you can find us down in Sarasota. You can find us all the way up to the uh, Spring Hill, you know, Hernando Pasco County area, and then throughout Tampa, some spots in Ebor, um, on tap nice. at the um, uh, Armature Works. There's mm-hmm. a few spots in there. That okay. Have, that's, that's, so, oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, nice. we're, we're there's de- the beer garden. Armature we're, works. we're definitely yeah. getting some liquid out there in the market as distribution goes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And of course, the distribution and learning. What we need of that, we've expanded internally. We now have a, another tank, mm, another cool. 10-barrel bright tank allows us to get more beer out of house faster. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. We used to have a bottleneck of, you know, we only had a 5-barrel bright tank before, so every time we emptied the 10-barrel, took us twice as long to do it as it does now. So, yeah. Any learning curve on that 10-barrel? Oh, yeah, definitely. Anytime you get a new piece of equipment, you're like, all right, well, let's see what happens on this first batch. You're like, ooh, a little undercarbed. All right, well, let's, uh, let's respec and go look at it again so we can kind of come up with an SOP and a way to get things down consistently. And at this point, we've got it pretty well evened out that we uh, we know what we're doing now. We can produce a consistent product. How nice. many batches do you think it took you? Ooh, I would say probably around four or five turns through before we were really confident that, okay, that right. is the magic number. We've done the math right. We've made sure that we have everything that we need to be successful. Because it was a 100% increase. It wasn't like a... 10,000% increase. Right, right. And, and then it definitely it, takes some time. And it's like math, and I wasn't a math major, so yeah, gotta gotta go back to the old count on the fingers <laughs> and toes. Hit, hit the calculator, <laughs> yeah, so whatever. So, no, well, well Mike, while, we, while I have you, I just want to talk to you, tell me a little bit about your, your journey as a brewer. Um, How, sure. What brought you to this point? Uh, well, you know, it was crazy enough. I actually started off as a wine guy. Um, I was working for ABC Fine Wine and Spirits as a wine consultant oh, for, uh, okay. various, uh, for a few years, and uh, I got to see the rise of craft beer, especially in the Tampa area, and I kind of I got kind of caught up in the in the romance of that deal. I was like, well, there's a lot of parallels here between the wine world and the beer world, and I really like what these guys are doing. Um, and so I started home brewing. You know, I think that's like what most people kind of get into is they become yeah. home brewers. You, that seems to be the gateway yeah. in many cases. You, you, you yeah. dabble for a while, and then you, you're finally having that conversation with your spouse, and you're like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about quitting everything, and I'm just going to... Uh-huh. I'm just going to become a professional brewer. How's that sound? And then you get divorced. Yeah, and then you yeah. get a divorce. And then you get another uh, thing you want to do. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less money. Um, I was fortunate. She was very understanding, so I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I had it a little bit better than some. Um, and um, actually, it happened that uh, we had some mutual friends that actually introduced me and Matt together, and he was uh, – he he took the uh, the gamble on bringing me over to CD Roma and letting me uh, showing me how he wanted things done and then let me kind of take over from there. Um, USF St. Pete campus did a really awesome thing. They started a brewing arts program. And again, Matt yeah. encouraged me to go ahead and enroll. Very so forward thinking, in my opinion. Yeah, I was uh, I was in the class one. We were the guinea pig class. There we go. So yeah, okay. Was, yeah. Was, you were the first batch. Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was a it was a fantastic experience. Um, I got to uh, go hang out with the guys over at Coppertail on an internship for about thirty days and see how the big boys like to play. Oh, right. um, nice, nice. Yeah, that we joked about that fifty barrel system earlier. Well, yeah, no, that's a legit fifty Rolex. So yeah, no, <laughs> they can crank some juice. Mm. Um, it was kind of interesting to see also just kind of like the economy of scale. And kind of see what practices we could adapt and take into a smaller size brew house and be more efficient um, with our own time and with our own process. So, like I said, it was an awesome experience. Um, and through that, I decided to spend a lot of money and bang my head against the wall a lot of times and take a really expensive exam and become a certified Cicerone because um, I'm really down with the just continuing education and just really being a part of the scene and talking about beer. Oh, nice, nice. Well, okay, so. A lot of a lot of uh, very smart people have come out of that brewing arts program, and I so I just want to know what what kind of how what about that program informs what you do now. Um, a lot of it, honestly, was just kind of showing that there is um, so many facets that we can easily overlook, and that will contribute to having a less than stellar product. 
Um, and a lot of it's just it's the devils in the details. Uh, the other thing that I took from that program was the networking and the connections that I made with my fellow students, my fellow classmates, as wherever they go. We reach out and talk to each other on a regular basis. Um, actually had the joy of uh, brewing the first USF St. Pete Brewing Arts uh, alumni collab with Jay Jones over at yeah. One Bay. Yeah, that's We were both yeah. class one OGs yeah. and got oh, to make it I thought together. he was in the class. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's a lot of good people, and then yeah. also just being able to have access to a lot of really smart professionals that have been in this industry for a while, and being able to pick their brains on issues. It's been, like I said, that kind of helped shape me as how I like to operate and how I like to brew. It seems like intelligence is almost like a prereq, I think, for this industry. I feel like anyone who does brewing, who's oh, yeah. solved, is almost always part very chemist, intelligent. part we part all like chef. to think that. <laughs> We've interviewed quite a few of them, and it always seems to they're be they're all exceedingly yeah. smart. Uh, some of them come from IT backgrounds. We just do a really good job of fooling you. Oh man! Wow, you, you, you are quite talk, good. Yeah, we're talk, I quite dumb. Yeah. I can't tell the difference. Uh, we like to joke about the idea that there was the uh, used to be the old school traditional brewers that basically, well, we do it this way because this is the way it works and this is the way we've always done it, and we don't question it. And then you got the new school kids coming up that are like, you know, science actually can make this way better, guys. Yeah. And so now we have these weird hybrids where you're finding people that come from really long-standing backgrounds and they're getting back in the books, they're getting back to science, they're really studying. We have enough professional organizations out here that spread just a wealth of knowledge that that. The resources are there, yeah. and there's really no reason not to use them. Oh, yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. How, how do you think the Cicerone uh, training has helped you? Um, definitely as far as being able to be able to describe beers, to be able to have sensory panels, to be able to train our own staff here on the serving side. I mean, again, sometimes you have folks that they're not wild about beer styles, but if you can educate them a little bit of why and how it works and then what pairings and also commercial examples they can compare it to it helps them sell more beers across the table and they feel more confident talking to a customer when they approach and they say hey what do you got back there yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, we got some darks. We got some lights. Yeah, yeah. We got Something a board. You have a. There's, yeah, some, like, there's some glasses. Uh, some glasses. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, okay, so you, you worked in the wine industry. I always just have this theory that there's um, there's becoming a winification of beer, and that may or may not be a good thing. Um, is that something? Okay, you worked in the wine industry. Clearly, you work. Yeah, you work in the beer industry now as well. Um, when I say there's a winification of the beer industry, what does that mean to you, and is that true? Uh, what I interpret that to mean is um, talking about like uh, method traditional, which is now what we're referring to as the lambic-inspired beers, where we're actually creating Solera programs and long-term aging with mixed cultures. Uh, a lot of barrels, a lot of fooder work, which is used to be the winemaker's tools, are now becoming the beer maker's tools. So you can create these exceedingly long-lived, really elegant beers that can stand up to a wine, and they can pair just as well with any meal. So it's to me, that's kind of exciting. Like I kind of look at that as like, kind of like the pinnacle of brewing. But it's not the easiest thing to get into, and there's a whole lot of mistakes to be made on the way. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel from a consumer standpoint? You, you, I feel like there was a time where people who, even people who like beer, even people who really dug it, weren't super sophisticated about it. Now they're very sophisticated about it. Well, actually, I, you know, not, maybe, to, maybe not to speak ill of the audience out there. And, you know, the, the, loudest, love them. It's yeah, just, the yeah. loudest voice is what we hear the most of. Um, yeah. And so that's where you see your trends and what's going on. So as we know, like IPA is still 75% of the market. But now there's more pushes for different variations and types of IPAs. Uh, the pastry stout movement. Now everybody wants to have big, bodacious stouts that are barrel-aged. But not just the base beer. They want to have it treated with the entire kitchen sink of adjuncts. Yeah. I should nothing to say there's nothing wrong with these beers. And some of them are incredibly technically difficult to make and super expensive to produce yeah. but the consumer right now is just really all about getting these big bombastic flavors and they want it all it's like yeah. cold war i think of almost like who can come up with something that they can use to differentiate themselves against other breweries out there right. which it's it's natural i think uh, competition 
that the market would do that. But I do agree, it seems to be over the top. You know, because to me, if you made a stout and it's a traditional Russian imperial and you barrel aged it, it, it doesn't need anything else. It's good, <laughs> exactly the way it is. Yeah. You know what? You want to put it in the, in the fridge and wait for a year to tap it? Awesome. But you don't need to do anything. Well, in the current trends, um, what we're seeing right now is actually the uh, the craft loggers making a strong push to come back. There's a huge campaign for beer flavored beer. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see how these cycles kind of spin around each other. We're yeah, yeah. Well, everything's cyclical. I, you know, everything you 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 spin out to orbit, and then mm-hmm. and you spin too far, and everybody reaches back in. New England's are already probably spun out at this point. Yeah. Uh, oh well, they're probably. they're now called juicy or hazy IPAs. Oh, they're sorry. they're codified by the Brewers Association. Oh, so we're bad. trying to we're trying to stamp out yeah, that Indian title. Yeah, yeah, unless it's I, brewed I, somewhere in the, in New England. Yeah. Keep your beer name yeah. PC. Yeah. yeah. Oh well, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, that makes sense. Things honestly, have names. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> why should that region of the country have that have their own style that... But don't touch Florida Weiss. That's ours. You yeah, can't keep, have it. We, yeah, we keep that. Yeah, <laughs> keep that. But they don't need their own. They don't need their own. They got enough stuff. They have Super Bowls and everything. They don't need, they don't need you know, a whole style of delicious beer. They don't need that. So, yeah. So, that yeah. So I would, I would I agree with that. Um, what do you like to brew? Oh, gee. Um... Uh, well, I guess whatever I write down on the sheet that morning. Oh. <laughs> it's, it it well, sounds like a broad question, yeah. but if money, if you take the money out of the, out of the equation, how um, easy is it to inspire you? Like, if you do you yeah. smell something and you're immediately inspired, do you see something and you go, ooh? A lot of times it's tasting things, drinking things, and coming up with the idea and concept of how would that work. If this was a beer or if I wanted to make a beer that was inspired by, um, watch a lot of Chef's Table. And you see these oh, super yeah. creative guys, yeah. and they're yeah, coming yeah, up yeah. with all these, Agreed. like, insane ideas of how they're attacking cuisine and i kind of look at that as like well how can we approach beer in the same way you know what can we find out there that really does it one make sense two can we do it feasibly you know and legally and ethically and (laughs) affordably um but then can we introduce it to the masses and it's something they're going to wholly reject are they going to be are they going to be cool with it um how big is your pilot system our pilot system yeah when you're oh you know three barrels okay yeah. We, 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 t- we, we tend not to pilot much. We, we just go for it. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, yeah. oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We don't pour that water out. Come on. No, no. <laughs> we, we use that. <laughs> don't leave that. No water left behind. Uh, yeah. uh, Mind of a Chef, David Chang, on oh, Netflix. Probably another decent one if you haven't watched that yet. Yeah. Probably get some good inspiration. Yes. So, but, yeah, basically taking things that are already there and then kind of like going down to the granular and then finding your inspiration in there and saying, well, how can I physically do that? And then can I plausibly actually execute that and then – Three barrels of it, will it sell? Um, yeah, well, I like looking at, um, I mean, to really answer your question is, generally whenever we do anything that's going to be more on the rustic side, more um, farmhouse-inspired, where it's not thinking about the style guidelines and not thinking about brewing a beer of this particular type, but literally just sitting down and throwing things together and then looking how yeast, hops, malt, water all come together and you make this cool beer out of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, what styles do you gravitate to? Um, right now, I'm actually kind of focusing on that juicy, hazy IPA thing and really kind of want to get that under our belt as uh, something that's a part of our toolkit. Um, but also, I really like just super crisp, simple lagers. I mean, okay. one, it's a pleasure to brew, and then also you have to have patience and time, and you have nothing to hide behind. I was going to say, it's a naked yeah. style. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's one of those where you got to make a really clean, really good product. Otherwise, everyone will know that it is flawed. Um, Whose so, lager do you respect? You're like, that's a good lager. Um, right now, um, I think, uh, was it Upland? They got that Champagne Velvet out on the market. Pretty legit. Um, Modern Times Ice. That beer is crazy good. Um, have to give a shout out to the guys over at Copper Tail with their independent pills. And, uh, even Greenwich, the postcard pills is delightful. Get that slow pour. 
worth it. Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, they just had that new smoked lager that they did as well. I don't know if you tried that one. Posted it on Facebook yesterday, bro. Where were you? Apparently <laughs> <laughs> not on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, so, man. Calling out the boss. I know. What's going on, man? So... Uh, so, like I said, you guys have been, this is a question for Matt, you guys have been here uh, about a year last time we were here, um, and I mean, you were, we were actually supposed to do this interview maybe a week ago, we said you had to go to a chamber meeting. So how involved are you? Are you involved? Are you integrated into the community? And, and, and more so, it says the community come back and has been integrated into this brewery. Don't worry, they're not listening. Oh, I'm... Oh, I'm not talking about... So, I'm not talking about... We're just talking about laws you're lobbying for. Just how involved you are you are you in the community? Honestly, I had no idea how involved I was really going to get. I knew I wanted to be involved. And I, I love working with the community. I love working um, with any of the nonprofits. I mean, last weekend we, we part, uh, took in the, hop, um, uh, the Habitats for Humanity House at Beer Built event. Um, you know, we do a lot of stuff out here at the chamber. I actually got pulled in to sit on the board of directors for the chamber out here a little over a year ago. Um, this year, I actually got voted in to the Florida Brewers Guild um, board of directors as well. Congratulations. Appreciate it. And so, yeah, I mean, I spend as much time out of here as I do in here. So what do I do in my free time? I don't know what free time really is. I, I just, I'm about as immersed as you, as one individual can get into calling it your lifestyle versus having a job. Okay. Where yes. Monday through Sunday, I am doing something that whether it's in here and I'm doing uh, payroll or taxes, mm -hmm. inventory, paying bills, you know, um, whatever these guys need me to do, build, fix around here that might have broken to... Out in, the, out in the world of, again, doing stuff with the chamber, um, um, some local business advocacy, you know, between the community and small businesses, working with other breweries on projects that they have going on. Yeah. I've spent a lot of time with Greenbench through their expansion. Today alone, I was at uh, Copper, Copperhead Tap House. They've started their own brewery inside, fixing their chiller, getting that launched for them. After that, I left there and I went up to Brewbus and was working on their pumps and glycol system. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I spent a lot of time, just period, in this industry, whether it's, like I said, behind our, our own brewery or behind our brand by being just a brand ambassador in the community. I Yeah, I almost don't know where to start some days. If somebody comes in and asks, say, so what do you do? I'm like... Whatever needs to be done. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's what I do. But I love it. I, I really do. I, I wake up every day. I'm super excited. Some days, I, it's a good thing I've got three calendars programmed into my phone because I all three of them have to tell me what where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. Otherwise, I'd never get anything done. Because um, I do sometimes. Some days, I wake up in the morning and go, do I have anything to do today? Pull up those, oh, yeah, i got a lot to oh, do today. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. My phone's right next to me when I wake up, and I want to know... Hey, did something happen I need to take care of right away? Or do I have to be somewhere? Have I already overslept? <laughs> it's like instant. Oh, yeah, every day. It's, it's, like, yeah. a, it's like an anchor, unfortunately. But information, though, and access to it instantly is so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I'm as involved as you can possibly get. Um, my, my my wife's very involved. We, we both partake in just so many different, like I said, nonprofits, and uh, community events. My wife does a lot of, um, so she, 
my wife, she, again, jack of all trades mm -hmm. type of person. Uh, she's got her doctorate. She works at the university, but spends a lot of time in, again, same thing, advocacy and, you know, promoting, you know, small business and, you know, business development, working with, you know, professional women in the community, um, networking, you know, just, yeah, there's, had anybody ever told me how much other things there were to do in the brewing industry other than making beer? I would have believed them, but not quite this level believed them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, you're, that's right. I get it. Every business has their has their background yeah, like of all the things toilets, going on. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you know, we'll fix a, t a broken toilet on a Friday night. You know, yeah. but yeah, I'm just I'm every day I'm more and more shocked and amazed of all the different directions that I get pulled into that really di directly have nothing to do with beer, but indirectly have everything to do with our business. Oh yeah, of course, of course. So that's, uh, you know, sort of it's the life of the business owner. Like you, you know, all, every job's your job, all of them, <laughs> you know, and so, and but you're immersed in the community as well. And that's, I think that's awesome. We could be interviewing the future St. Pete Beach mayor. I know. You, you never know. Do they have mayors? I don't know. Do they? they do. Okay. I figured they did. I figured they did. They have their own mayor. Okay. Okay. I say, you know. There we go. It sounds terrible that I did not automatically know that, but you know, whatever. So it's all good. Do you so. have many different cities are in Pinellas County alone? I'm afraid to know. There'd be a bunch because I know I used to, I lived in Largo for a time, and I know Largo is a city, even though it's not. I mean, if you just think about the cities alone, just Seminole, on the south side of St. Pete, you know, you've got Gulfport yeah. and Pasadena and St. Pete Beach. Lived in Gulfport yep. for a while, so you know, and you just go up, go up all the barrier islands: Treasure Island, Madeira, Indian Rocks. You know, Reddington, just, North Reddington. North, oh, my, yep. oh my goodness, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. and we haven't even gotten close to Tarpon Springs yet, and that's still considered Pinellas County. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's a big it's town. A, it's a densely populated, for sure. For sure. So let me get you out on, on this one. Lots of beer one. drinkers, though. Lots of beer drinkers, you know, especially right in this area. So, right? so, so we hope. So let's get out of this. What's next for, for Masteries Brewing? I, I'm actually going to say what's not next. We don't really set limits to our capabilities or our direction. We really let our customers, our product, our staff, the whole group, we really it, – it's a boat that we all get on, and wherever the wind – happens to grab us it's kind of the direction we take you know so this year we do have a, a much larger focus on our barrel of bottling program yeah. this year we're out of this last six seven months we've really been able to expand that just because of making some interesting wise investments into some new concepts that and just ways of doing things that we didn't think about doing before until michael and i went out to denver for gabf and at that point in time we both kind of thought to ourselves you know we're really getting kind of full in the house. I, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to, you know, grow in, in, inside this footprint. Then we go out to Denver and we find more breweries with a smaller footprint with us with these massive barrel programs. And we are like, how are you guys doing this? I mean, they're literally rolling their brewing equipment out of the corner to put it in the middle of the you know, huh. brew. And then you walk in there and you see rows of barrels stacked three high. And you're like, where's your forklift? Oh, well, no, we don't need a forklift. We, we, we got this pallet stacker over here. We're like, got a what? <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, they, it's a it's like a pallet jack and a forklift all together. And you hand crank wow. it. And since we bought that, I mean, Stacking we went from up. having <laughs> two barrels at a time to now we can have a dozen mm -hmm. yeah. at one point in time. And for having less than 2,000 square feet under roof, that's huge for us. Yeah, you yeah. know, when you take a walk through our brewery, you can easily see 
how efficient we are with our layout, making sure oh, yeah. we have oh, things. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we have our CO2 line on, on an extension reel. We have our power line on an extension reel. Anything that we can put up higher, we go up higher because we do have ceiling space. We don't have, we don't have foot space. So this, it was just a huge, huge advancement for us being able to have this to now, again, instead of doing one bottle at a time, this is gonna be our first time you'll release two bottles for Tampa Bay Beer Week, little yeah. eight bottle around Tampa Bay Beer Week. And we've got, we've got three or four more already lined up, ready to go um, in the program. So we can just keep this on a nice clean cycle of being able to roll out now with some of our premium quality beers that we really, you know, again, takes time to make this stuff you know you're not like you're not going to put liquid in, in there 30 days later have these fantastic barrel aged beers um it takes mm -hmm. six months takes a year on some of them especially on some of the you know mixed culture projects that michael's been working on i mean we have we have barrels over there they're probably going to be over there for a year before mm -hmm. we do anything nice. with them and have we done that before it means we would have had no barrel bottle program going on for a whole year mm -hmm. but now that we can take those put them in the bottom corner, start stacking some other things around them, and we can mix things up. So that, that's gonna be huge. Uh, another huge thing for us now is our other brewer, Nick, uh, background in biology, has a degree from USF in biology. He's heading up our yeast program. So now we're starting to um, propagate a lot of our own yeasts in-house. And again, that's just something else, elevating. Differentiation. I don't know if it's a, it would call it differentiation. There are other breweries that you know have yeast programs, but for us, it's it's the next evolution of things that we can control, things that we can fine tune, work on, yeah. um, increase our own personal knowledge and capabilities on, and you know, same time, it obviously if we can you know start producing our own yeast, um, it, it does save some cost, mm -hmm. and it also gives us better control around when we make beer, how we're making it. Um, Again, just something else to diversify who we are um, and our expertise in the industry behind beer. So, another big major thing, we bought a food truck last year. Oh, okay. And I said last year we didn't, <laughs> didn't launch till January 1st of, or December 31st of last year. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, now we, we have our own food truck. You know, a lot, of, a lot of breweries are breaking into the food industry. Three Daughters Brewing has their own food truck. Um, you know, Mad Beach Brewing Company for a while ago, they opened up a kitchen, you know, and Tampa Bay, you know, Brewing Company a long, long time ago already had that, you know, brew pub, you know, model game going down. But then you see places like Coppertail bringing Stein and Vine into their yeah, yeah. facility and, and Brew Bus. So good. So Brew good. Bus has Stein a kitchen in-house, too. So, yeah, yeah. you know, early good on. Good kitchen, too. We've been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Early on, you know, we all kind of took that method of, and I kind of call it the, the Cigar City method of just saying, oh, well, we're going to open up a brewery and just focus on beer. At the time when Cigar City opened up, they could do it. There was very few breweries out there. But you know what? Dunedin Brewery, I don't ever remember them not having a kitchen. Me neither. So as far as we go as in Florida, of the, uh, what are we What are we at, over 200 active breweries now in the state? Um, I don't know. I, I think less than 10% of them have a, have a food component yeah, to them. Yeah. And every single day I keep meeting more and more people. And the more that I travel, I've been to more states where it's almost mandatory that a kitchen or some type of food component is part of a brewery. Well, it yeah. makes perfect sense because when you have people at your business, the more actual product you can sell them, the more profitable opportunities you have, and they are 
ready to eat. It's, it's a consumption business. Why not give them something else to consume to pair with the beer? And as far as, again, quality control goes, all the way back down to thinking about when we make beer, it's another level of the experience that we can better guide for our consumers to make sure that they get the, the experience that we want them to have while they're here. Yeah. So, yeah, it really has helped Absolutely. make things just full circle. Unfortunately, at the moment, we can only have it three days a week. That's just a planning and zoning law out here on St. Pete Beach. Of course, I'm already back at City Hall working, yeah, on, working on, that. on that. Yeah, yeah. I go work on that. <laughs> but it's 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 been a, a very big asset. People have really enjoyed and um, appreciate the extra time and effort that we've put into, again, trying to enhance their experience when they come here. Well, yeah. when I go up to the window when the Maestri's food truck, which I don't know if that's the name of it or not, is... is you call it the kitchen. The kitchen. Nice. When okay. the kitchen is open, what's on the menu? What can I expect? Well, when you come up to the kitchen, you will probably be greeted by me because I have been the, the main chef. guy working <laughs> on it. Um... But so right now, we've been keeping it pretty, I'd like to say clean and simple. It's really not. You know, we do some really classic style burgers. You know, um, you know we do both beef or turkey. We do some chicken and steak kebabs. Um, we get to have some fun and do some neat things with fries. And I say neat, you know, but for me, it's not getting super fancy with them. But, you know, you can get them traditionally yeah. salted. But then we also do Parmesan, you know, mm. and garlic. Um, you can get them curry dusted. So just give them some really unique options. Again, things that I feel that would help enhance the food on the menu. That way, again, it's complementing mm-hmm. the beer. beer styles, yeah. Bring out, you know, and who doesn't like fries? But then you yeah. start adding a little garlic parmesan to it, drinking a really nice IPA. Mm-hmm. Just oh, the, yeah. the whole experience becomes very refreshing. Absolutely. I do have to say right now, one of my favorite things on the menu is we make these. They're like beignets, but they're a little bit more of a French style because they're more pastry puffish. So they're not as thick and heavy as a beignet. Basically, they're a fried donut. But it's just the method and the way that the dough is made that really helps make it a little bit more fluffier. But Coffee porter would pair really well with that. Absolutely. We basically dust them with cinnamon sugar and um, powdered sugar. Mm-hmm. Kind of really nice dust on them. And then we put a nice little layer of chocolate, just kind of drizzle it over the whole thing. So it's a it's a nice little Friday, Saturday night thing. Grab yourself a stout porter. Yeah, or Sunday you know. morning at 11 a.m. kind of thing. Yeah. You say it, you're joking about that, but I actually did no, serve I, I them for, for our last Sunday brunch. We yeah. we had those. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So a lot to choose from here. That's and, um, we have to kind of short here, but let, that's you've got to get out here to Masteries. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether you whether you're on the beach or not on the beach, you have to get out here. Uh, what is that food truck? Uh, so three days a week. So Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we rotate back and forth. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and basically it's every other week. You can always go to the Facebook page, check it out. We always list it up there. You can actually even go to the kitchen's Facebook page itself. So it's the kitchen at Mastery Brewing Co. There you go. All the dates are going to be listed on there. Got the menu on there. Um, so really easy to figure out when it's going to be around. Yeah. All right. So there you go. So from great food that pairs with awesome beers, you got to come down here to Mastery's Brewing Company. For now, the glasses are empty. The mics are off. This is Balsam Brew.